0: Welcome to the Angel Investors Network podcast, the first national angel group founded online in 1997, dedicated to perpetuating free enterprise, capitalism, and supporting the American dream. In addition, Angel Investors Network is the organization behind the powerful Mastermind Investment Club, dedicated to harnessing the philosophy of a mastermind to increase success with their investment portfolio. Laura Rubenstein is a social media and marketing strategist and founder of the Social Buzz Club. On the podcast, Laura brings together successful entrepreneurs to share with you how they grow their business, and you can too. And now, here's your host, Laura Rubenstein. Hi, everyone. It's Laura Rubenstein, your host and creator here at Angel Investors Network podcast. And today, I have a fabulous guest for you to check out matt Demaro. he is the vp of business development and marketing he sits on lists like the 30 under 30 40 under 40 and he's played a key role in physical therapy and balance centers climb on every business listing inc counts physical within the top 1 of all privately held companies, and Entrepreneur Magazine just listed physical as the top physical therapy franchise. Welcome, Matt. So glad to have you here.
1: Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate being a part of this. Happy to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited for you to share you know, your business growth experience, your marketing wisdom, and some success stories. So why don't we just like go back in time sure. and talk about you and where you grew up and what was your childhood like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually grew up in a small town called Hudson, Ohio, in the northeastern part of Ohio, right in between Cleveland and Akron. An area where the sun does not shine too frequently, where it's rainy, cloudy, and cold all the time. Mm-hmm. However, I had a wonderful childhood, um, was raised in a middle class family, I had very, very supportive parents um, throughout my life had some extended family members that came from some substantial wealth. So had the opportunity to gain some exposure to that side of the world and really created some significant ambitions within myself um, to be able to pursue, especially as I began my business career.
0: And what ambitions were those?
1: They were quite large, quite substantial to have many mentors in my life that have done quite remarkable things, I've always wanted to one-up many of them. So as a very competitive soul, um, I'm always looking to see how I can create, you know, what has not been done before and grow an organization to a scale that is that is quite substantial.
0: So how did you get your start?
1: In physical. My start actually came as one of the low mans on the totem pole. So I actually joined a private therapy practice um, called Florida Fitness and Rehabilitation. It was a two location private practice that was declining revenue year over year for the past three years in a row. And I joined a very small team, 11 employees in total, as the marketing director. We had a lot of... challenges from a business perspective with no business systems and procedures. However, it was my responsibility to begin driving more patients into our doors. At this exact moment, this is where I became heavily involved with physical because the owner of that private practice um, by the name of Dr. Chris Mulvey had just moved his business into the physical franchise network. It was very, very early on in physical's infancy. So from a timeline perspective, this was very early 2014. And I believe that we were the 13th franchisee to become a part of physical. And my role then quickly transitioned into converting this to location private practice into the physical franchise model and implement all of the physical systems and procedures and begin seeking growth through the tools and resources that were provided to us.
0: Wow, so how did you get to this point in your career? You're no longer with just one franchise, right? Yeah,
1: you know, very, very interesting. Um, it happened by planned. Um, always. We are, a heavily, we are heavily focused on planning within our organization. So for us to be able to think about what's possible, just not what's in the realm of reality, but to actually think about what's possible we recognize the landscape within healthcare is changing very very rapidly and most of healthcare is episodic in nature you get hurt then you go to the doctor especially within the profession that we live in within physical therapy and our business model from inception had been designed to be more preventive based we know that if we can keep someone from getting broken in the first place the amount of healthcare dollars we will help save from the healthcare system will be substantial so we know our our country is in dire need of some changes in the healthcare space and this model is what's so attractive to those that are out in the world operating you know as physical therapists so we developed everything by plan from inception and we've been executing against that plan ever since
0: So you mentioned that um, you started off in one business of physical therapy. Why physical therapy?
1: You know, I had originally went to school as pre-med. So it was my ambition to become an emergency room surgeon. I don't know why I thought there would be no greater feeling than shaking someone's hand whose life I just saved. I thought that would be a remarkable feeling. And I ended up going to a very small college called Rollins College in Orlando, Florida, um, specifically Winter Park, Florida. And it's a school known for business. And while I was a freshman as a liberal arts college, I was forced to take some classes that I probably would not have taken on my own with other freshmen. And here I was able to meet some very influential, I guess you could say families. Um, that come from substantial wealth and one of them had many many hospitals that they owned and i'm sitting here as a freshman in this class thinking about how i want to become a surgeon so i can have that great sense of personal fulfillment remember great financial ambitions too so i saw that and thought you know those those go well together but as i'm sitting there thinking how many more patient lives could i could i assist with and help if I was in a position like one of my friends, where I'm not just a solo physician, I'm now owning hospitals. So that was where a, a pivot took place early on for me in college where I then shifted my focus to international business and finance. So knowing that I could actually do what I love just in a little bit of a different way, Um, really helped. So physical therapy was a desire of mine after going through some, some physical therapy related to football injuries growing up. So having a little bit of exposure into physical therapy and medicine in general, I thought it would be a field that really would suit who I am quite well.
0: So what do you like most about the work you do today?
1: You know, surprisingly, I thought it would have been the thousands of patients that we help on a daily basis. However, there is more personal fulfillment and self satisfaction that comes through changing the lives of so many small independent business owners. You see, as physical therapists, many of them go to school to learn how to fix the human body, and they receive very little formalized business education, yet many of them now are in the position of business owner. So, for us to be able to marry the science of business and the science of healthcare together, Ultimately, for them to be able to use their business as a vehicle to get them to where they want to go. I mean, that's where the ultimate sense of fulfillment and, uh, you know, self satisfaction has come from. So I really like to help to help the business owners that we work with.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So as someone who's been growing a franchise business, you know, franchising, franchisor, what are some of the common mistakes you see people make?
1: So one of the biggest mistakes that I see are franchisors selling too early, selling pre-proof of concept. Um, So for us in our business, um, early on, we had some incredible, um, valuable, like, Uh, aspects to our business that provided someone with value immediately so when someone looks at the growth trend that we've had over at physical growing from one location over 300 in a very very short period of time like like three and a half years part of the reason is because of the value that's provided through our organization so one of the biggest challenges that i see with other franchisors is they don't have a very strong like economic engine at the unit level we have to be able to provide significantly greater levels of value than what each of our members are paying for. Naturally, I mean, that's why they would join a franchise, right? So for us, it's a matter of making sure that we're able to provide that level of value and be able to, you know, continue the proof and evidence, you know, that we've had across the board. It's what's facilitated our growth. And I think it's one of the things that stands in the way of other franchisors.
0: Hmm. And how do you ensure you you provide such great value and stay profitable as a franchising company?
1: Yeah, so it's it's, it's a very interesting question. Um, one of the ways that I'd like to answer this pertains to how we operate. So not only are we engaged in franchising the business of physical therapy, but we are operators ourselves too. So the majority of the physical shareholders are also owner operators of physical therapy businesses. So for us to be able to leverage our not only company owned stores, but our affiliate locations, so those owned by our other shareholders, we're able to test new concepts. We're able to prove out and evidence different methodologies that can then be expanded across the entire United States. So for us, one of the ways that we do this is by doing it and then talking about it. So that's that's one of the methodologies that, that we've held and it's really assisted with our growth. Um, the second answer to this question is through discipline. We have to be very disciplined in every action that we take, especially when capital is involved. In business, I've learned early on from one of my main mentors, Jim Abrams, that we can only control three things in business. You can control yourself, so me in this example, I can control the people that I work with that work for me, that I'm around, and then I can also control the use of our company's capital. Those are the only three things that I can control and move within business, and it's very important that we move these three things appropriately and maintain a level of discipline to drive the profitability of our franchise organization.
0: Awesome, how, were there any mistakes you've made along the way that you were able to solve, and how did you do that?
1: Yes, um, I would say growing too quickly early on. So when you when you have a a high uh, when you have something that's so desired in the marketplace, of course, it's very difficult to slow down and say, wait a second, you know, we'll we'll work with you when we're ready to work with you. You know, that's not really a great perspective to have. So early on. Uh, 2014, 2015, we grew very, very rapidly. And our support and operations team wasn't quite able to grow and scale at the same level. So we did have to take a little bit of a step back. We had to make sure that our infrastructure was sound to support thousands of locations into the future. So upon taking a step back, most of the investment came on the human capital front For us to be able to invest more in our team to be able to fill holes that existed years ago so the only mistake that we made was growing very very quickly maybe a little bit too fast however a lot of lessons were learned and a lot of value was created in the process
0: wonderful so along the way Mm
1: -hmm.
0: maybe going far back it doesn't matter what's the best advice you've ever
1: received so Thinking back to it, I would say the best advice that I've ever received um, is is the quote I'll share it. I've already kind of briefly touched upon it. The quote is do it, then talk about it. So many of us have really, really great ideas. A lot of talk, right? But it's not the idea, you know, that is meaningful. I mean, ideas in reality are relatively cheap. But it's the execution upon those ideas where like significant levels of success are created. So for those of us within our organization, if we have someone that's saying, I'm going to get around to it, or, you know, here's this idea, or here's this thought, I'm going to do this into the future. One of the mantras that we have is do it, then go talk about it. And it's something that's worked very well for me in my life to keep repeating this over and over again, just to maintain a high level, you know, of, of, of action and execution.
0: Wonderful. And I guess you spread that wisdom. Is there any other advice and great advice that you give to others?
1: I'll I'll provide one other one. Um, It's it's a, it's another piece of advice that came from another mentor of mine um, pertaining to shortcuts, especially in business. Shortcuts leads to long falls, always. There are no shortcuts in business. It is the hard thing about hard things. It's maintaining that discipline, putting a plan in place, gaining, that's, gaining the knowledge that's necessary to execute that plan, and then having the will to actually execute that plan. So, For us, inside of our business, we understand and recognize there will be no shortcuts. And that's something that I always try to provide, especially to those that are um, a little bit younger um, and earlier on in their careers, because for many of us, of course we wanna get to where we're trying to go faster, all of us do. However, in business, there are no shortcuts.
0: Got it. And uh, (laughs) it's a really wise thing to keep in mind while building a business. So what's working now to attract more business?
1: more business has primarily been um, captured through a lot of video content so especially as this world changed from a marketing perspective into more resources shifting digital being able to develop content is what's made a tremendous difference within our business whether that's content pertaining to successful patient outcomes Um, successful physical therapist stories in terms of like career development, um, career advancement opportunities. And then we have on the franchise side, the remarkable growth stories that we have of the private practice owners that we work with and the investors that also get involved within physical. So for us to be able to develop content on a continual basis is becoming more and more important and more critical to the future success of our organization.
0: Now, when you create that video do you just put it on websites social media or there is there a whole strategy around it
1: all of the above so everything that you could imagine um, from developing uh videos that go out to our um to our database of of consumers whether that's email marketing to paid advertising whether it's on trueview on youtube or whether they're facebook video advertisements uh videos that go within our blog Everything that you can imagine, we're utilizing every channel.
0: That's a hot tip, everyone. Get into video, use it wisely, use it everywhere. Everywhere. So what do you think are some of the secrets behind your growth?
1: As I reflect back, some of the secrets, um, you know, I would say come through, through taking the time to plan, really plan through exactly where this growth is going to take place. I mean, I can't underemphasize the importance of planning. It's, it's incredibly important for each and every one of us, especially, you know, growing a business. Um, other secrets pertain to um, maintaining a high level of discipline to execute upon that plan. But more so than that, being able to find that secret sauce that's separating yourself from those that you compete against. Because most of us, I'm going to say almost all of us have competitors. The game that we play is simply a share of market so we're continuously asking ourselves you know what is it that we can do to be able to great to, to obtain a greater level of market share you know away from our competitors and for us a lot of that is consumer facing meaning uh, you know the patients that we work with so we're asking ourselves over and over again like what additional products or services do our patients want and need that we as healthcare providers can provide to them i mean they they look at us you know we are the healthcare provider so it's our opportunity and responsibility to answer that question.
0: Now you mentioned uh, having a passion for uh, preventative healthcare, mm-hmm. yeah. fixing people before they're broken or preventing them from being broken. I love that. First place. Mm-hmm. Do you feel you've accomplished that or your, your franchise does that?
1: Absolutely. So one of our core competitive advantages throughout the marketplace lies within balance and vestibular therapy. There's a tremendously underserved population in the United States of about 70 million Americans that suffer from some type of balance or dizziness challenges. So older adults that have a high risk of falling or even uh, middle aged and pediatrics that experience dizziness or vertigo, for many of them, they have no idea where to go for answers. And within the medical and healthcare field, physicians that work with these types of patients don't generally have an answer, nor are they able to create any revenue from this type of patient. So the answer out in the world is primarily, take this prescription and and, and hope you don't fall. So in our in our experience, we've been able to evidence the outcomes um, objectively in terms of what some sound treatment protocols can actually do. And we found that we're able to re um, to reduce someone's risk of falling substantially taking them to like 20 years prior um, in terms of what they're capable throughout, you know, training the balance system appropriately. So for us falls are the second highest cost to the healthcare system. And we're directly engaged in reducing falls across the United States, thus lowering the healthcare burden that exists from falls.
0: Wonderful. You mentioned your secret sauce, you mentioned this being something that distinguishes you in the marketplace and how you're preventing um, people from being broken. I love that. What else is part of your secret sauce?
1: So uh, what else is part of it is a fundamental shift in our business model. Everything in physical therapy in the past has been episodic in nature. The business model within physical therapy was developed in 1914 and has since not changed. And for those of us in business, we understand all industries change. And we just take a look at the video rental space or the hardware store landscape. I mean, every industry inevitably changes. And for us, we're the ones that are creating that change. So we are disrupting the market by leveraging an innovative business model that we've coined a PTRX. So that's, that's our business model.
0: Say that again. And
1: within PTRX, PTRX, so physical therapy RX. Yeah, PTRX is our business model. So we have a fundamentally different uh, methodology for how we attract patients into our business in the first place. Most are very dependent upon physicians as the gatekeeper to many of these patients, and we've somewhat flipped that model on its head. So we're able to target consumers directly. We're able to onboard patients without ever going through a physician in the first place, which is the first change. Um, In addition, second to that, our business model adds additional products and services that generally aren't offered by the majority of physical therapists out in the world today. Balance therapy is one of those. Audiology is another one. Um, Products such as orthotics, another perfect example. So for us, we're taking more of a whole body approach. We're taking a holistic approach by looking at someone's entire body as they come into our office, instead of just their knee in a knee replacement example. So we're taking a whole body approach. Following serving the patient and getting the patient to return back to normal, this is where we then onboard them into our medically-based fitness programs designed to be preventive in nature. But this is where we're also able to maintain a residual lifelong relationship with our patients that does not exist within physical therapy. So for us, this business model has been, you know, has really largely been responsible for the growth that we've had in our organization, just due to the success that our members are receiving.
0: Wonderful. So how? what types of marketing do you use to grow your business?
1: So from a marketing perspective, not only are we at industry trade shows, but we're engaged in print and media advertising um, through the trade magazine. Magazines, but heavy use of digital marketing um, across all channels. Um, Engage still today in direct mail. For those of you that say direct mail is dead, I will argue against that because it is definitely not. Um, but then we also create some some very um, proprietary like trade magazines ourselves. So we create um, a, a magazine that's called Successful Outcomes that's designed to be um, you know, all the successful outcomes our patients are experiencing and then owners across the United States. And we use this as a marketing methodology um, to be able to you know, drive more interest into our business. So we do everything that you could possibly imagine from a marketing perspective um, and, and it's working quite well for us.
0: And it sounds like most of the marketing you just described is for growing the franchises, or is that, and then to attract the clients, the patients, You have a whole nother set of strategies?
1: A whole nother set of strategies, whole nother team within our business. Um, We do leverage a lot of the same print materials. Um, We create a a successful outcomes magazine that's patient facing. So we use the same methodology where we're able to have these magazines in our lobbies. We're able to distribute them out to the community, do a lot of health fairs, uh, community involvement. But then we also put on um, very specific like educational, um, talks to the physician community in large and then also just the general community um, but we have a new program that we actually launched uh, a few months back called physical first and physical first is a free medical concierge program designed to provide consumers in any marketplace with the opportunity to get quick affordable healthcare, like really really fast so, this is for someone who experiences a sudden injury. You know, let's say you wake up, you twist your ankle out of bed. A lot of the times, if you want to go see a physician, you know, there's generally a long wait to be able to see a physician, especially a specialist. And many times, you don't need to see one of those physicians. So, you're going to get stuck with a pretty hefty bill. For something that really you didn't need to go through. So if that exact ha- uh, example happened, you could come to physical first, that's the name, and one of our doctors of physical therapy will take a look at uh, the injury and we'll recommend either you know a, a course of action if we can help you in our business, or we'll get you into a physician office, uh, a specialist much, much faster than you could on your own, just due to the connections that we have throughout all the communities that we're involved in. So physical first has really changed the game for for our business because it's what's enabling us to you know go after and direct to consumer.
0: Wonderful, that sounds like another product service line that separates you all out as well. Big time. So, on the development of the franchising business, what has been the most successful strategy?
1: Um, so, it, are are you referring to? Um, like pre-opening are you referring to getting more franchisees to be involved in our business we throw the word around development loosely in our in our business getting
0: more franchisees growing that part of your business or even helping those uh, franchisees grow I mean you can do both of those questions
1: Sure, right, so um, for the first part, so for you know onboarding more franchisees, one of the strategies that has worked very well for us is to be able to have our development team travel around the United States and gain exposure to different markets. For those that we work with, it's very important for us to be able to get time face-to-face and, and on certain circumstances to provide tours of some like existing facilities. So our development team does travel around the United States to lower the barriers um, to be able to work with many of these private practice owners throughout the United States. So that's one initiative that has helped helped our, our business continue to grow. In terms of helping our franchisees experience more success, part of that does come on the support side of our business where we've invested heavily in making sure that we're able to provide them with everything that they need to successfully pull through from from the top of our business down through the unit level, but also have boots on the ground, have assistance face-to-face in the center um, when needed. So we've invested a lot over the past couple of years into the support and infrastructure to ensure you know the success of our franchisees.
0: Yeah, it's important and your success is obviously showing that. Mm-hmm. So, how do you get your message to stand out in this crowded marketplace in healthcare?
1: Yeah, great question. We always have to speak to the marketplace in a matter that's so compelling that it can't possibly be ignored. Because of the competitive. Editors that we face Um, we're, we're fortunate to not have many of them, um, none that can provide what we provide. So we're in a very unique circumstance and we understand that we won't be working in an environment like this forever. So we understand, you know, uh, competition will enhance over time. But for us, knowing who your target market is, really understanding the demographics that you speak to and working with them to get into the mind of the day to day challenges that they're experiencing and then being able to provide a relevant message back to whatever that is, is how exactly we're cutting through the clutter. So we have a lot of people that are targeting the same demographics, um, but because many of our members are that demographic already, we're able to leverage many of them to really get into the mind of, of the business owners that we're targeting.
0: That's key, if you can stand out with that personal connection and what really makes it compelling, you've got that leverage. Is there anything you'd like to share that um, I didn't ask you yet?
1: You know, at this time, um, I'm, uh, I, I don't think so, um, maybe with one exception. Um, Yes, there's one. So we've recently introduced a uh, new market demographic that we're working with that is just having success unbelievably, more so than we ever imagined. And that is working with otolaryngologists. Um, They're commonly known as ENTs for ear, nose, and throat uh, physicians. But for some reason, they are the catch-all for these dizziness patients. They're, they're primarily known as dizzy docs, um, despite not wanting to be, um, just because the solutions that are out there, you know, there really aren't any. Um, so we recently began working with ENTs who have been integrating balance centers into their existing practices as an ancillary service. Providing them with, with an opportunity to, you know, treat patients that they could never treat before, but make you know, a substantial amount of money from them in the same process.
0: So, I so take for it, us,
1: having the demographic really helped.
0: I take it that the, when they integrate it, they're integrating your franchise.
1: They are, yes. They're integrating their franchise with their medical practice. Wonderful. So it's a unique partnership that exists.
0: And what would you say is your greatest marketing challenge at the moment?
1: Greatest marketing challenge at the moment, uh, more of a more of a development challenge where we have more practices that are coming to us than we can handle as a team. There are only so many practices that, you know, our, our team is able to work with on an ongoing basis. Um, so for us, it's more of a sales challenge. Where our marketing team is doing too good of a job, <laughs> driving too many leads, too many um, prospective business owners into our into our operations, where we we can't quite handle the demand. So I guess a good problem to have for sure. Um, it just speaks volumes to you know what it is that we offer.
0: Oh, great. Well, congratulations on all your success. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, to share with us your stories and your wisdom and your experience. I know that our listeners are just, you know, soaking up all of your wisdom today and will continue to do so. And all the best to you out there in the marketplace.
1: Likewise, I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me.
0: Most welcome. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC.